Welcome everyone to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I am Mike Brown, your health and wellness coach. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to spend the next few minutes of your life with me. I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune into the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. And for that, I am very, very grateful. I am also grateful for this holiday season, but I do understand that it is the most most stressful time of the year when you go to buy presents but money's not present it brings you to tears it's the most most stressful time of the year and with that being said let's create some fresh water moments I told y'all earlier, I was not lying. I told you I want to be a lounge singer when I retire. I want to be singing at some crusty old beach dive bar that's serving bad food, but I'm entertaining everybody. Everybody's enjoying the show. Everybody's just enjoying each other, the songs, the laughter, the banter, everything. Nobody cares that the food is terrible because you're on the beach and you're listening to yours truly saying some sweet melodies to you. I'm dead serious. I want to be a lounge singer when I retire. And guess what? I expect to see all you freshwater warriors overpacking this little dive beach bum place (laughs) and showering me with all your tips so we can enjoy each other's company And I can throw some of the money back at you with a nice cheap steak or maybe a drink or two, whatever you're doing. But in essence, we will all be together. Lounge singer, I'm telling you, I'm not giving up on that dream. And you know what? I'm going to take it a step further. I'm just going in there all natural. I'm not taking any music lessons. I'm not taking any singing lessons or anything like that. I'm just going as I am. If my voice cracks, it cracks. If I'm off key, I'm off key. I'm just going to entertain and to have some fun and to relax, to relax. Take a load off. I'm not trying to get a record deal. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just going there to relax and to meet some new people and to go back and say, you know what? I heard a new experience. I heard the most interesting story from one of the people that was enjoying the show. That's what I like. That's relaxing to me. But anyway, that's enough about my my desires and my hopes and dreams and my plans for the future. See, that's going to be my retirement plan. Forget a 401k. Forget social security. Lounge singing. That is it for me. But I do understand that it is the most stressful time of the year, depending on where you're at on the globe. Uh, This is the holiday season for many of us, and it is stressful. It's so stressful. And, you know, I used to say, I don't know why it's so stressful. I always understood why it was stressful for me, but I didn't like that. And so I would try to deny it. I didn't like that I didn't have enough money. I didn't like that I felt insecure about the presence that I got. I didn't like all the the clutter, all the added uh, stressors of pleasing people and not being enough or not doing enough and the workload is up and rising. I never 
quite adapted to that, but it was more the finances for me back in the day. And you know what? It kind of lingered. Even though you may be uh, in a different place financially, it's still stressful because you are so worried about pleasing others. It gets taxing. The demands are greater. It's it's ridiculous. You know, the de- the, the deadlines have to be met, <laughs> you know. Then you have to deal with all these added expectations, ungratefulness. Yes, that does happen. Ungratefulness. You have to deal with those things. And I, to be honest, I am kind of a Scrooge <laughs> in the holiday season. I hate to admit that because... And it's not because I don't like it. I do like the holidays. I do like what they represent and what they stand for. I just don't like what it's turned into. Now, if it was all about uh, appreciating everybody and spending time with with each other, um, things like that, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But when it gets to, well, this present wasn't big enough or this didn't this wasn't what I wanted or, you know, I wanted more. I thought you were going to get me this. And then everybody's pulling you everywhere. That's another factor. If you have a extended family <laughs> or you have a rather large family, that makes it even more crazy because you're getting pulled in five different directions and you're trying to make everyone happy and you're trying to make a decision on how you're going to split up this time. And then you realize you're only up for about 16 hours a day, maybe you have 10 productive hours. So you have to split up 10 productive hours among 20 different people who want you to be at different places so they can see you, so they can see the kids, so they can be around you, so you can see your Aunt Judy or Uncle Rico, you know, who you haven't seen in 30 years, so they can see you. You don't even have any kind of relationship with them. Whoever it may be, it is stressful. So I get it. I get it. And not to mention your already regular stressors that you have, you know, your work demands. Usually your workload becomes way more stressful, especially, you know, if I if you work for any kind of parcel service, it becomes way, way demanding. I used to work for UPS back a long time ago when holiday season was bananas and they expected you to do the same same amount of work same amount of time well more work in the same amount of time and you had to be accurate so it was i understand all that stuff i understand that everybody's trying to meet deadlines in the corporate world before the christmas uh break before um they want these deals done before this this deadline and you know everything has to be closed before christmas (sighs) i just stressed myself out right there talking about it my goodness but That's my take so far on on the holidays. But, you know, like I said, I do like the holidays. I like all the uh, festivities and all that stuff that goes with it. I like the meaning behind it uh, originally. But like I said before, as humans, we are inherently flawed. And we have a tendency to mess things up. And I think that we messed up the holiday seasons. There's just too much focus on all the stuff that's meaningless and it it stresses me out it stresses me out because we're worried about all this material stuff that doesn't mean anything we're worried about um 
all these other trivial things that doesn't mean anything. Closing this deal so we can have a bigger bonus, that doesn't really mean much anymore, you know? These two, I want to get this bonus so I can buy this $200 pair of sneakers that's only going to get scuffed up and worn and thrown in the trash later on. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm I'm a little uh pessimistic <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But hey, listen to me. Listen to me. I will say this. If you want to spend money on your shoes, then do it. That's you. And if you want to if you if that's what you like, that's what you like. I just know for me, I can't do that because I'm hard on shoes. And maybe that's why I frown up. Maybe I'm just hating a little bit because some people can get these shoes and they keep them clean. Matter of fact, I, one of my good friends, one of my best friends, he has probably about 50 different pairs of shoes and they all look brand new. Brand new. I'll see him. I'm like, D-Dub, man, how long? I've seen you wear these shoes. How long you had these? Oh, about seven years. Seven years. They look brand new out the box. How do you take care of your shoes like that? See? He can buy expensive shoes because he's going to keep them. Me, I spend $200 on a pair of shoes. They're going to be all messed up within two weeks. It's not worth it to me. And I guess that's why I have my outlook on it. So it's a personal outlook. I'm not judging it, you for wanting nice things. Heck, I want nice things. I just want different nice things. I like expensive car parts. You know what I mean? When I see an expensive set of mufflers that I'm going to put on my Mustang, that's ceramic coated. Oh, man. I love that. I love that. When I see a nice trick flow intake manifold with the nice uh, race runners on them, you know what I mean? It, it's awesome. I like stuff like that. I like that. And I'm not big on chrome, but I do like my air intakes to be chrome. I think that just looks pretty under the hood. People might say, oh, well, you need to use a different material because it's not, you know, the heat, you know, it's going to be, it's going to heat up. It's going to, well, whatever, whatever. I don't care about that with the air intake. I like it to be chrome because when I bust open the hood, it's all shining, shining. I like that. So we all like different things. People will look at me. People that are close to me will look at me. Mike, why did you spend $200 on this air intake? Why are you spending $900 on this intake manifold? Why are you spending $2,000 on these mufflers? Or, I mean, I'm sorry, these headers. Well, I like to go fast and I like my stuff not to break. <laughs> you know? So I get it. I get it. I digress. But the main thing that we're going to talk about is the stress. How do we handle the stress? And you have to be proactive when you're handling stress. You just have to be a little selfish. And I know that word is scary. It sounds scary to say, I'm selfish. Believe me, it creeps me out. No one wants to be called selfish. No one wants to feel like they're being selfish. But in this instance, when it comes to your your overall well-being, when it comes to your stress levels, you have to be selfish. And sometimes you're going to have to say no. Sometimes you're going to have to hurt some people's feelings, not intentionally, but you're going to have to just say no. I can't do that. 
it's tough. Sometimes you're just going to have to put yourself first. And that's something that I still struggle with. But, you know, I'm beginning to realize as I get older that I have to put myself first, especially for think about this. All you freshwater warriors out there. It's just like this. We spend most of our day helping others. Some of it is our profession and some of it is just our heart is who we are. And we naturally help others. We're naturally sacrificing our time, sacrificing our energy, sacrificing a piece of us to help someone else. Now, we're doing that every day on a constant. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing because it's just who we are. The main person that we neglect in those instances is ourself. We neglect ourself. So I'm going to take it a step further. We start to wear down with all the sacrifices, all the work, all the energy just that's being spent. Not saying that we look back and we regret it. We don't regret it. We just keep moving forward. But we keep looking at it. There's a job to do. There's a task at hand. We got to get it done. We got to help someone. Someone needs me. I know I was about to lay down, but someone needs me and I, I'm going to go help them. You know, things like that. There's a deadline that needs to be met. I have my portion of the project done, but I know that the other team doesn't have stuff done and I can help them. I'm ready to rest and relax, but I'm going to go help them anyway so they can be done. We do things like that on a daily and we start to wear down. And then when we start to wear down, we don't think as clear. We're not as sharp. We don't have the energy to keep going. Every day becomes a grind. And boom, all of a sudden we're like, what is going on? Now we're being resentful. Now we're angry. Now we're not as effective and we're upset because we don't have the energy to be um, effective as we were. That's what happens when you neglect yourself. So we have to be proactively selfish, especially during these times when we know that stress is going to be heightened. And so the first thing that I've done for myself is I've focused on the physical aspect of health and wellness. And I know that during these times, I'm going to be pushing my body to the limit. So I've taken proactive measures to ensure that I'm operating on a high level throughout the day. And this is something that I was pretty arrogant about in my younger years because I was unstoppable. Of course, you know, when we're 20 years old, we know everything. We're unstoppable. Nothing can ever can ever stop us. Our bodies are never going to get older. We're always going to have the same speed, the same strength, the same sharpness, the same resilience. We're going to have the stamina to keep going even when we're dirt tired. We're going to be able to bounce back without sleeping for two days straight because we're just going so hard. But it's not like that anymore. I used to laugh at people taking vitamins. I ain't going to lie. I used to laugh when people say, I take my vitamin every day. I'm like, for what? I don't need that. For what? Look, look, I don't take them and I'm in good shape. I'm in excellent shape. Uh, but that was a that was a foolish young man's mentality then, <laughs> you know, and, and I thank God that I've grown wiser. Um, but back to the physical part, I have taken a proactive step to the physical part to conquer the day. And with that being said, I have put together a little concoction of supplements 
that are going to help me throughout the day, that are going to target specific things in areas where I'm lacking. And I want you guys to, to we've talked about this briefly, and it might have been overlooked, but I want you guys to uh, think about your feelings and your thoughts on supplements right now. Just take a minute. And while you're taking a minute to think about that, I want to remind you guys to join in on Spotify. We are going interactive. You can answer questions. You can jump into uh, the polls. You can do all of these things. You can communicate with other freshwater warriors back and forth on the Spotify app. When you download the Spotify app, make sure you download Site Beyond Site Podcast and follow the Site Beyond Site Podcast so you do not miss any episodes. So make sure if you want to remain interactive with other freshwater warriors across the globe, download the Spotify app, get on Spotify, look for Site Beyond Site Podcast and follow so you can be a part of the new movement. And this is only available on Spotify. But with this being said, Let's keep moving forward. So supplements, I want you guys to to think about this perspective of supplements as we keep going forward. Supplements are exactly what they are, supplements. See, a lot of people have this idea that supplements are supposed to be the magic pill. They're supposed to just change your whole life by taking them once, maybe twice, or taking them for a week. Some people say they've taken them for a month and didn't see anything, and then they want to say that all supplements are garbage. However, you're not using the supplement the correct way. A supplement is to supplement the nutrients that you are not receiving on your daily basis. So if you are eating anything and everything and you're not exercising, you're not moving, you're staying stressed out, you're not taking care of yourself in a proactive manner, well, these supplements are going to have a lot, a lot of work to do and they're not designed to penetrate like that. They're designed to be in addition to what you're already doing. So, for example, if I'm working out, I'm doing my cardio, I'm doing my weight training, I'm eating right, I'm watching my sodium, I'm watching everything that I'm eating, I'm uh, calculating my macros and micros, I'm doing all of that. I'm getting some good enough sleep, waking up feeling rested and and ready to go and tackle the day. Well, these supplements are going to pick up what I'm missing. So for another example, all right, I know I don't get enough vitamin D. I don't get enough vitamin D. So I supplement that, all right, to make sure I'm getting what I need. So I'm going to take this time right now to talk a little bit about the supplements that I'm taking that are helping me conquer the day. And you know what? I get all of my supplements from Life Extension, and I'm not getting paid by these guys. I, I, they don't even know who I am. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting paid by them, but I've been using their product for two years straight, and I am really, really satisfied, really happy all the way around with their products. I've known about them for about four or five, well, five or six years, but I have really been using their product for the last two years consistently. And I really like the results. So I just want to share what I'm taking on a daily basis to help me conquer this 
this stressful holiday season, you know? So we'll start out with a one a day multivitamin. And before I get into this, I know I keep, I'm, I'm sorry, there's just so much information to cover. But this, these are some of the reasons why I do like life extension. And it's real quick. They're, um, they're formulas, research-based, they're ingredients, transparent. And here's the main thing. Here's the main thing. And this is, to me, what makes a supplement garbage or what makes it worthwhile. But this is the main reason why I like their products is they don't underdose their formulas. So if you're supposed to get, just say, 5,000 milligrams of something, they're going to put it in there, maybe sometimes more. So you're receiving the full dose every time and sometimes more. And that, that's where you get the bang for your buck. You know, uh, when we talk about the ways and the proteins, protein shakes, things like that, they'll say sometimes that you're supposed to get 25 grams of protein, but they use so many fillers and put so much added sugar and some, all this other junk in there just to make the weight. And then you're not always getting what they are saying you should get. So you might be getting only 19 grams of, of, uh, of good solid protein when you should have been getting 25. And that's what makes a product junk to me. So I start out with my multivitamin, the multivitamin, I'm telling you, game changer, game changer. It is potent. It's packed with all the vitamins and minerals you need. It is up to 25 times more than nutrients. It, well, they have 25 times more nutrients than the leading brands out there. So I take this for my overall health and well-being. It is my foundation. And it's only one pill a day. And that's what I like. I'm not one that likes to mow down on pills. And that's why this is kind of ironic for me to have such a massive uh, concoction of pills that I'm taking. But, you know, I'm older. I've got to target different things. I'm going through different things. So that's just how it is. I have my uh, B complex that I take. I take a B complex because it is very very, very stressful out there. I'm very busy. I need some energy. I need added energy. And this has a complex of all many, all these different uh, B vitamins. And so what it does is it helps boost energy production. It promotes a healthy metabolism, encourages brain and cellular and organ health. And, you know, it just keeps you um, on the move. It, it just keeps you going it keeps you it gives you that boost to keep going when you're tired and so all you freshwater warriors out there on the grind i'm telling you this complete b complex formula awesome awesome so we covered the multivitamin i've added in the b complex and now i have the black cumin seed oil and curcumin elite right so this is this is like for i use this for my immune health and for my inflammation and heart and brain, whole body health, you know what I mean? But I get a little bit of my immune health and my uh, inflammation health going on with that. And I use that for both of it. So as you may know, I don't know if you guys know, but man, my knee has been just bothering me for over a year now. And it's been ridiculous. I don't like it one bit. It's just been ridiculous. So the next things, the next few, um, 
supplements that I take, they target my joints and my joint support. So I take MSM, that's joint support and comfort, mobility and joint function. I also take Krill, which is joint support, comfort, range of motion, inflammation. Um, I take CoQ10, and that's for my cardio, cardiovascular health. Man, cardiovascular health. Got to really get the mouth moving when you say that. <laughs> All right. And it, that promotes healthy energy production at the cellular level, promotes heart, brain, kidney health, and uh, which are all important. So as you can see, all of these are targeted for a specific reason. And then I think I'm going to add their testosterone. Now, I know it's a natural testosterone booster. And I've thought about this. I, I remember going and getting my blood work done. And my, of course, I'm getting older. My testosterone levels were lower. And I had so many options. And I thought about TRT, but I, I'm not big on needles. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, they've had lotions and creams, but those are still costly. I'm not trying to pay that. And I wanted to go natural to see what would happen. And so I was doing some research and they have a testosterone elite product out there. So I don't know anything about that. I just ordered it, going to add it to my uh, my concoction here, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So my assumption is it's going to take probably about four weeks for me to see some results. I don't know. If it's quicker, then awesome. If not, you know, I, I understand how this goes when you're working naturally, and maybe I won't see any results. I don't know. I don't know. But I know from most of, from all the products that I've used, I've seen some pretty good results and some consistent results. So once again, to break it down, I'm taking a multivitamin, my complete B complex, my black cumin seed oil, MSM, krill, CoQ10, and then I'm adding on a testosterone booster. So that's what I'm targeting. I'm targeting my joint, heart, health, brain, and sustained energy throughout the day. Now, this is my baseline. This is my baseline. Other things that I'm doing throughout the day or the evening, uh, getting back into weight training, doing more things, staying active, getting the body moving, getting it rolling, doing these things that are going to help me keep uh, progressing. Also, we have to spend time doing things that we like to do. We all we always forget about that. We act like we don't have time to do things that we like to do. And we have to start making time to do some of the things that we like to do. So mentally, we have to sit back and relax. And this is where you're going to have to be selfish. And this is where you're going to have to say no. If you are at home and you like to read, then you need to find your spot so you can read. And you're going to have to say no. You're going to have to tell the kids, you know what, you're on your own cooking tonight. I'm not doing it. I need 30 minutes to read. I need an hour to read. I need an hour to myself. Or maybe you just want to sit outside on your deck and just enjoy the weather. Maybe you want to bird watch from your deck. I don't know what you want to do. Maybe you want to go on a walk. Maybe you just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. Watch The Bachelor. Watch uh, Sports Center. Whatever it may be. But just do it. Make sure you find your time to relax. And you have to. And maybe you have to tell your family, you know what, from 7 o'clock to 7.30, this is my time. 
from 8 to 8.30, this is my time. From 9 to 10, this is my time. And it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird in the beginning because we're not used to saying no. We're not used to putting ourselves first. But this is something that we have to do in order to stay sharp, in order to keep moving forward so we can help other people. When we operate at 100%, we can help thousands of people. When we're operating at 50%, we can help maybe 200. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Because we're operating at 50% doesn't mean we can still help out 500 people. It doesn't work like that. This, this human formula, when you're worn down to 50%, you can barely help yourself. So 200 might still be a little aggressive, but I'm saying that because I know that as a freshwater warrior, you have a reserve that you can tap into that nobody else has. So I'm giving you all a little bit of a bias, a little bit more leeway that you can do some greater things out there than the, than the normal human being walking this earth. But you have to be selfish. taking care of the physical and the mental aspect. And there's another aspect of this that we need to talk about, and that's the spiritual. But I'm going to talk about that on the next episode. So I'm going to release this episode, and then the week after, we're going to talk about that, the spiritual part of taking care of yourself, because that is really, really important. And like I've said from the beginning, we are focusing on the mind, body, and spirit. We are targeting the whole person so whenever I'm coaching someone, I'm coaching the whole person, the mind, body, and spirit. And what have we said? That the spirit is the most neglected in all of all of the other professions. You have your doctors, the medical field, they worry about the body, the psychology field, they worry about the mind, and nobody really focuses on the spirit. If you focus on the spirit, you're doing that on your own or you're going to church or whatever you may be doing, but you're doing it on your own. But sometimes you need some guidance. And that guidance isn't always going to come from uh, wherever you expect it, I should say. It's not ever going to come. It's not always going to come from where you expect it. And a lot of us on our own don't know how to tap into that. And that's the thing. That's why you have to surround yourself with people that are really focused on doing like-minded things. You know, when you get a group of freshwater warriors together, okay, for instance, you get a group of freshwater warriors together, you get some awesome conversations, you get some awesome things happening. You get, a, a, I mean, when you're at work, say you're working and you have a group of freshwater warriors that you work with, those eight hours are so easy. It's so, it's so easy. There's nothing that can happen that's going to stress you out to the max. There's nothing that's going to be so difficult that you can't make it through. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't going to be any struggles, but those struggles aren't going to seem like struggles because you have other like-minded freshwater warriors in your corner. And that's what I'm talking about. It makes things easier. You're holding each other accountable. You're looking out for each other. Uh, each other. You're keeping each other in check. You're keeping each other on the path. You're letting each other express uh, their own, their, themselves and express their feelings and, and doing all of these things. 
and you can just be you. You could be the awesome person that you are without all the hoopla. And that's what it's like to be around a, a whole group of freshwater warriors, a tribe of freshwater warriors. Now, most of us don't have that wherever we're at. Wherever we're working, we most of the time don't have that. So it becomes a grind. Then you start to question yourself. Then you start to think, is this the path that I should be on? You start to question yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually. And that's why I think that the spiritual part, even though it's the most neglected, it is the most important part. And that is why I'm going to spend a whole episode talking about the spiritual aspect of, of stress relief. Once again, I know I said a mouthful, but remember, we're in the most stressful time of the year. So we're going to have to be a little selfish. We're going to have to say, no, I'm not going to make 15 stops this year. I'll, I'll make two. I'll do two. And I'll just have to see you guys next year. You're going to have to have a part of you that says, you know what? I really don't care about what people think right now. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy. But I'm telling you, you have to kind of not care about what people think right now. You know, the gifts are the gifts. You gave from the bottom of your heart. You gave what you thought they liked. You gave what you had. And that's that. If they don't appreciate it, then that's on them. If they appreciate it, that's on them too. You're going to have to be a little selfish in order to maintain some sort of balance. But you have to take care of the, the physical aspect of your life as well. And that's why I took the proactive measures, uh, uh, some steps that I never thought I would take in my life back when I was younger. I never thought I'd be taking, you know, seven different pills in order to maintain the balance within my body. But it's something that's necessary and it's something that uh, I don't mind doing. I know what it's for and I'm moving on. So for you fresh for, let me try that again. For you freshwater warriors that are out there that are, are on the fence or maybe you really doubt using any kind of supplement, I would I would just keep an open mind and say, you know what? If it works, I could, it, it, good. If it works, it's good. Keep using it. If it doesn't work, you don't have to take them anymore. It's that simple, you know, but uh, go into it with the open mind. Just realize that these supplements are exactly what they are. Supplements. They don't replace bad eating. They don't replace no exercise. They don't replace uh, no motivation. They don't replace any of those things. They are in addition to what you're already doing. Truly, truly a supplement. So I think if you keep that mind frame, uh, you would have some positive results. I truly believe that. I think your mind frame and your outlook, your perspective on things truly dictates your experience. It has a huge impact on your experience. For example, the one thing that I say is missing in everybody's workout. 
I've seen some people that are super strong. I've seen some people that are super weak. But I've seen people that are super strong, stay stagnant, and go into the gym and not break a sweat. When I've seen people that are, when you look at them with the naked eye, they're super weak. They're bench pressing probably 80 pounds, 70 pounds, and they're struggling, but they're the intensity is there. They're pushing themselves. They're sweating. They're getting after it. Their heartbeat is at a, going at a rapid pace. And you see that no matter what, they bring it. They give their all for each set, each rep. You see them move on to another exercise, and they're giving their all. It may not look like much, but they're giving their all. And that is the thing that's different. So you look at, when you're just looking at the strong man and the, the little weakling, when you look at them with the naked eye, you say, oh, man, the strong man is having more efficient workouts. But that's not the case. It's the weakling that's having the better workouts. See, we look at the weight and we look at the physical appearance way too much. But when you watch how people work out, that's the difference. That's the difference. It's the intensity at which you work out. That changes the game. It's your mentality. It's your perspective on how you're going to attack every rep, every set, and every exercise. Are you going to attack it? Are you going to be tired and say, you know what, I'm going to just give half of what I have right now? Are you going to get tired and say, you know what, I quit? Are you going to get tired and say in your head, well, I can only get four reps this time when maybe you could have got eight? But you already said in your head you're going to get four, so you're just going to settle for four, and that's good enough. Are you going to push yourself? Are you going to put on a little bit more weight? Or are you going to stay at that comfortable weight that you know you can get in your sleep, that you know you can wake up out of bed and, and push that weight around easily? That's the difference in between the gains, I'm sorry, that's the difference between the gains and remaining the same is the intensity. And that's something that can't be measured. You can just see it and you know it when you see it. And that's why you have to have a, a good training eye on, one, knowing who you're working with, getting to know them, know what their normal workouts look like, knowing how they attack their job, knowing how they attack their family at home, knowing how they attack any kind of task that is laid before them. When you know those things, then you already know how they operate. You know when they're going hard and when they're taking some time off, when they're not pushing themselves. You know that because you know their whole person. So I know when someone's, I'll just keep saying bench press, but I know when someone's on the bench press and they just said, oh, this is good enough. I know. I know because I know them. And I'll ask them, hmm, you think that weight was too light for you? Yeah. Okay, but yet you said the weight was too light. Don't you think you could have got a few more reps out of that? Yeah. But 10 was good enough, right? No, it's not good enough. If you could have got 13, then do 13. That's the difference. That's when you start seeing the difference. So we have to push ourselves as well. We have to push ourselves 
on the physical part. When you're in the gym, do it. Do it. I'm telling you, go in there with the mind frame of I'm going to be intense and I'm going to attack every rep. If I'm doing yoga, I'm going to attack this exercise. If I'm doing Pilates, if I'm doing some kind of cardio workout, I'm going to attack this workout with a level of intensity. I'm not going to just go through the motions. We go through the motions all already in our daily lives way too much. So why go through the motions when you're trying to change your life, change your 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 body, change everything about you, change your mentality? Why go through the motions? If you go through the motions, you're just going to end up in the same rat race. You have to bust through that. You have to bust through it. And a lot of people sit there and say, well, it's uncomfortable. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. My ankle hurt a little bit. Man, it felt uncomfortable. You hear all those excuses. You hear it all. And sometimes they're legitimate. But 99% of the time, they're just merely complaints and they're uncomfortable. So as a coach, I have to figure out how to push through that, how to speak to them in their language where they're going to receive the feedback and move forward. Because the last thing I want you to do is to say, you know what? I give up. Don't want you to give up. And here, here's, here's the thing. I would rather you say, Mike, I don't want to work with you. And then you go work with someone else, and I see you giving your all, making those changes. I would rather see that. I'm happy to see that. But what I don't want to ever see is, Mike, I quit, and I, I don't care. And then you go, I'm going somewhere else, and then you go somewhere else, and then you quit on them. That does not make me happy. That does not make me happy. Then we all lost. All three of us, we lost that because we couldn't reach that client. See, this coaching thing is is more than just the physical. I'm telling you, it's it's everything. The whole thing about Beyond Sight Wellness is I want to see you live out your life, living at your, operating at your optimum levels. That's, that's it. Now, everybody's level is different. Some people can go, 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 go and not get tired. You know, I'll go back to the car. Some people are Ferraris. They can, man, they can redline at 9,000 RPM and keep going. They can just go. Some people are tow trucks. You know, they may not go as hot and rev up as high as the Ferrari, but you know what? They're putting in that work. They can grind that thing through. They're still intense. They can they can do some things. Some people are in the middle. They're just the economy cars. Get from A to B, but you know what? Sometimes they can put their foot on the on the put their foot on the gas and get it moving. And some people are just the, the cruising, four-door four door sedan. You know, they get them on the interstate, and that's when they really show out. <laughs> you 
you know, in town, it's like, whatever, I'm cool. But when you get them in a little specialized program where they can be on cruise control, man, that's when they really show out. I'm telling you, people are like all different types of cars and we they all have their purpose and they all do different things, but they all can max out as well. And that's the thing. And you know what they all can do too? They can all cruise at 20 miles per hour too. That Ferrari can cruise at 20 miles per hour, wasting all of that uh, that potential. Don't cruise at 25 miles per hour. That's too comfortable. Don't do that. Don't just cruise through life at 25. Don't just cruise through your exercises. Don't just cruise through your assignment or your task at hand. Don't just cruise through your job. Don't do that. We're not cruising through anything. That's boring. That's safe. That's too comfortable. And when you're all three of those things, that's when you make silly decisions. That's when you don't see any change. That's when you stop seeing any progression. It's dangerous. Don't just cruise at 25. There's a time and a place to cruise at 25, but you use it for that specific time and place. But if you're on the interstate and you're cruising at 25, you're going to cause a lot of problems. And you're going to be going so slow that you may not ever reach your destination because you're going to get so bored and and just quit. Don't cruise. But also don't be speeding and being reckless either. You have to just find that sweet spot. Find your sweet spot and keep pushing that pedal a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. When you get on that nice stretch and you can put the pedal to the metal, man, go for it. That's how we're living our lives. And that's how we're reducing the stress in our lives on a mental and physical level. So the main question is, after all of this, okay, we're talking about stress reduction. The main question is this. What do you guys get me for the holiday season? What gifts are you bringing me for the holiday season? That's what I want to know. I want to know how well you guys know me. What are you going to bring me? If I said I wanted some candy, what would you bring me? If I wanted some sports gear, what teams would you get me? You know? I'm a pretty simple man. <laughs> if I wanted some Hot Wheel, some Hot Wheel cars, what types of cars would you bring me? What are my favorite cars? I'm simple. Hey, I do like pens though, but I don't Here's the thing about pens. I like to write in ink, but I'm picky about my pens, but it's it's a funny, it's the opposite type of picky. I don't need the expensive ones. Because I'm left-handed and those bleed out so much and so I smear them. I like the cheap ones that come out pretty thick and it dries up right away. They still write smooth, but you can get them cheap for like a, probably about a buck for 10 of them. But I like them. 
I like them because they don't smear on me. Those expensive pens, those $20 pens, they all smear. Not worth it for me. Now I've written with uh I've written with a, a with an expensive pen once. It was my financial advisor in Lincoln. He had like some kind of crazy few hundred dollar pen sitting on his desk and he was telling me all about it. I was just like, okay, I don't I don't I don't know anything about pens. I just thought it was a capsule and some ink, whatever. But I, it was shiny and it looked pretty cool. And so when I picked it up, he said I could pick it up and touch it. I was like, cool. Had a nice little weight to it, kind of like a sword. It was it's kind of like I was holding a katana blade, to be honest. It was it was pretty cool. It was pretty solid in the weight. You could feel it. But then you hold it out on your fingertip. It was the weight was evenly distributed. Pretty awesome. Then I asked him, can I write with this thing? He said, sure, go ahead. It's like, OK. So I write my name, write it out. Man, that ink, that ink flowed so nice. It was perfect. But then I smeared. See, pen is useless for me. This is also the man who took me uh, for a nice little cruise in his uh, BMW M6 at the time. And that was one of my dream cars. And it still is. But I have a love-hate relationship with that car because... It is what it is. It's, it's a little off. To, well, no, this is added to my stress. OK, so here's the thing. He takes me in his car. He has his license plates. They say 205 miles per hour. I go back in into his office. I said, hey, your car can't do 205 miles per hour. I'll, I'll give you 190 max, but it can't do 205. He's like, yeah, it can. I was like, how do you know? He's like, I've taken it to the track. I said, OK, I still don't believe you. And it's a convertible. Ain't no way you're doing that. He said, no, I have I, I have it tuned. You know, I put some put a chip in it, uh, mufflers, whatever. I said, OK, still ain't getting 205. He's like, I'll tell you what, Mike, here are the keys. Matter of fact, I'll take you. I'll take you for a spin. So we go out to some country roads. Right. And he steps on it. And I'm cracking up now. This is a V10 engine. 500 horsepower eight gears. I mean, he's just slamming through them. I mean, this thing revs up to, uh, I, to just under 9,000 RPM. So that's pretty, pretty high. That's pretty high. That's getting up there. That's like race engine. So we're on this long stretch of road. Nobody's on it. Boom. Takes off. Thrown back in the seat. I'm cracking up. Hits in the second. Boom. Third. Boom. Fourth. Boom. I scoot up just enough. The G-force is keeping me in the in the back of my pen in my chair. I scoot up just enough to see, and I look over, and we were at like 160. I was like, already? <laughs> we're like in fourth, fifth gear. I was like, okay. And we ran out of room. I get out the car, and I'm laughing at him. I was like, I believe you. It, it could do that. <laughs> he wasn't lying. I've always wanted this car. Now, Here's why I have a love-hate relationship. This is why this car stresses me out. When that car first came out, that was a $150,000 car. Now I can get that car for like $16,000. Here's why. Because the engine is basically junk. 
the transmission is basically junk. And I, this is what I can't stand about BMW. How are you going to build a, end quote, performance engine that's going to break on you in 40,000 miles? And then to replace that part, you have to tear down the engine, which has 10 independent throttle bodies. So those are what, almost a thousand a pop, probably even more. It's ridiculous. Then you got to tear down everything out just to get to this rod that was not built properly. And it cost you, what, $20,000? It's ridiculous. That's why I cannot stand this car. And that's why I can't stand BMW right now because they do stuff like that. They did that with the M3. What year was that when they changed 07 to 09, I believe, when they came out with their V8 M3? Same thing. Car die out, die out in 40,000 miles because of the same issue in the engine. And I'm like, man, that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. That is why I like my tried and true Mustang. You know why? Because I go out there, I beat that engine up every day, getting on it to the max. And guess what? It hasn't failed me yet. And it won't fail me. And that's what I like about it. Now, when BMW starts building engines like that, I might buy one. But boy, do they ride nice. I had one. I had one. It was an old one. Man, they ride nice. That's what I can't stand about it. They handle so sharp. They track so nice. Woo! And when the engines are working properly, I mean, they are fast. They go, 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 go. And the handling is awesome. It is a true driving experience, kind of like they advertise. And then you realize that you paid so much money for this car to break. I don't know if you guys can hear the stress in my mind and my voice right now, but this truly stresses me out. Because when I hit the lottery, I'm like, am I going to get a BMW? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not, I don't even care if I have $300 million. I'm not buying one, but I want one because that car is so cool. I'm telling you that M6 is so cool. V10 engine. Oh man. And the sound is so beautiful. The sound is like no other. And yet I'm conflicted. If I were to hit the lottery, would I buy one? I don't know. Anyway, guys, I've gotten way off topic, and I thank you for spending that time with me. I'm sorry. If you guys are interested, seriously, um, into looking into a supplement, even if it's a, a, a multivitamin, I think that that is about the safest route to go. If you want to tap into the supplements, get a multivitamin, look at Life Extension, get their multivitamin. There's a one a day formula and a two a day formula. I went with the one a day formula because I ain't trying to take. I want, if I could take something once, I'm going to take it once. I'm not going to take it twice. You know, that's just really my reasoning for it. But whatever works for you, you do it. But I'm telling you, check them out. And their prices are, are awesome. Their prices are right. I, I will say that their prices are right. As remember, this is the stressful time of the year. So remember to please take care of yourselves. Put yourselves first. Put yourself first. I know that sounds so weird. It goes against everything that we do. Every it just goes against everything of who we are as freshwater warriors. But I'm telling you, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm telling you the truth. 
and it's the same situation that I'm into. So it's a struggle for me too as well. So we're going to struggle together, but we're going to fight together and we're going to do this together. So I will say this. You guys don't stress during these holiday seasons. What you have is what you have. What you give is what you give. Just remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting. Also, remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment. And with that being said, happy holidays until we meet again. Welcome everyone to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I am Mike Brown, your health and wellness coach. And as always, I would like to take some time to thank you all for choosing to spend the next few minutes of your life with me. I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune into the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. And for that, I am very, very thankful. And with that being said, let's create some freshwater moments. You guys, I... We just talked to, we just had a, you guys, we just had a discussion about the book of Malachi and we talked about what happens when you have a hardened heart. We talked about what it looks like when you are trying to bring someone that has a hardened heart back to you. We, we talked about some of the strongholds that you face. We talked about some of the issues that you face. We talked about how the more the, the more that you stray away from the path of righteousness, the more that you stray and run away from God, the more hardened your heart becomes. The only way your heart can be fixed is through Christ. And I'm going to give you an example here. You know, we've been talking about the hardened hearts. We've been talking about toxic environments. We've been talking about uh, changing these hardened hearts. And softening them up so they can be become uh, freshwater warriors and join the same fight that we're on. However, our job is just to be there to be a vessel, to be there to spread the good news, to open up the hearts, to, to create a crease so God can come in and do his work. And so he can really take the heart and transform it. We are on the front lines doing our duties, doing our due diligence to ensure that we are changing these hearts. That is a difficult thing to do. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes uh, getting past your anger and your frustrations. It takes getting called names. It, get, it takes getting, you know, just being persistent with being pushed away. It is no easy task, but it's a task that we have been called to do. And this only happens if we remain on that path. This only happens if our hearts remain open and filled with God. That's why we're able to see the transformations. We are, you know, I've heard a line back in the day in a movie. I lay it out so you can play it out. God lays it out for us to play out and then he does the rest. He does the rest. So he lays out the plan. We follow the plan. He plays out the rest. That's what's happening here. So when you look back at the Israelites, you saw what they looked like. 
with their heart and hearts. They had turned away from him. They started trying to trick God. They started trying to deceive him with the offerings that they were giving. They, they thought so highly of themselves and they thought that they were doing nothing at all. They were so comforted in their sin or they were so comfortable, I should say, in their sin that it became okay. It was the cool thing to do. Now we see that going on now in this world that we live in. We see that. We see that good is being portrayed as bad and bad is being portrayed as good. It's not that bad. Other people do worse things. So what? So what? You can you can talk bad about these people right here. One, they're not that big of a deal anyway. Everybody does it. And it's okay. It's, I've heard people say worse. You know, it's okay if you keep resources away from this person because they don't deserve it anyway. We're the ones who make that decision. And we are now the judge of all of these big time decisions. So it's okay. You have the power and the authority to do these things. That's what people are starting to think. I mean, you see shows that you would have never thought of seeing. I've never watched it, but I know there's a show Lucifer out there. My goodness. They're portraying this man from what I've seen as if he's uh, some charming, awesome man that you want to be around. Now, that's how... Satan may portray himself to all of us. Why? Because if he came to us as the boogeyman that we think he is and that we pictured him to be, that would be easy to resist. I mean, if you had a guy with horns and a pitchfork and he's saying, hey, come over here and, and sin with me, come party with me. We're going to give him a second look and be like, no, 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 I'll pass. I'll, I'll sit this one out, man. I'm I'm I, my stomach has been messing with me. I'm going to just stay home, okay? I don't want no part of that. It looks cool. Hey, you know what? You go have a good time, man. I'm going to sit this one out. It would be easy. You wouldn't want to do drugs with him. You wouldn't want to drink with him. You wouldn't want to lust over women with him. If he portrayed himself, portrayed himself in that light. But that's how he comes. He comes putting those thoughts in your head. Hey, is it really a sin to look at this woman and undress her with your eyes? It's not that bad. You didn't do anything. Hey, is it really a sin to go take this lawnmower from your neighbor? I mean, you're just borrowing it. You don't have to ask him. Is it wrong to, to keep this little bit of change? Because your drawer is a little over anyway. So you can keep that change and it'll even out anyway. You know, things like that. Hey, you know what? It's not really that bad. I'm not really gossiping. I'm just saying how I feel. I'm not really cutting people down. I'm just speaking the truth. It's not that bad of a sin. I've heard other people say worse things. So I'm good. I'm good. And the Israelites got to the point where they were cheating God. Then they were talking back. What have I done? What did I do? Why are you even bothering me? Why, why are you even coming to me with any kind of concern? I didn't do anything to you. That was the mentality. And this is the mentality that we see today. Think about it. We talked about it from the parent perspective. 
You can't tell me that you haven't seen this with other kids. You can't tell me you haven't seen this uh, if you work with kids. You can't tell me you haven't seen this with your own kids. I remember growing up, I would knock stuff like that down so swiftly and aggressively every time, every time. And it, it never failed. There was always someone buzzing in my ear saying, Mike, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that deep. You're going too hard on your kids. Some things you got to let slide. I mean, he could have said worse. But that was the thing. They didn't see that. I didn't want it to get to worse. I didn't want it to ever get to that to that level. I did not want them to think that it was ever okay to go back and forth arguing with me. I didn't want them to think that it was okay just because they were angry to call me names or to show a disrespectful attitude. I did not want that at all and that because I didn't want it with me and I for sure did not want them doing it with other people. So that is why I worked so hard to knock that down because I knew the end goal. I knew I did not want any of my children to be the ones talking back now they're cussing at people now they're getting in fights with people now they're starting stuff they're instigating all of these pocket wars wherever they go i did not want that some things i just knocked down with the vengeance and that's what i do and that's what i did see the things that wasn't quite a big deal to me was you didn't clean your room when i told you to I have more patience with that. You spilled some milk. I have more patience with that. You didn't do your homework. I have more patience with that. But that disrespect. You think you're going to puff your chest at me? You think you're going to go toe to toe with me? You think you're going to argue and yell and scream at me? All of a sudden that becomes cussing and pushing and no way. No way. Ain't happening. And so my my philosophy is this with children. I've been a dad longer than I've been an adult. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, I started young. We talked about that briefly. I started young, but you know what? There's no greater title than being a father or a mother. It's the most awesome title that you could ever receive. But my philosophy with children was this. The minute that my kids could say no was the minute I ferociously knocked that stuff down. So yeah, they were little babies saying no, trying to run away from dad, thinking that they were going to just do whatever they wanted to do. And I knocked that down really quick, really quick. You know, my, my, my youngest, my daughter, she had a bad habit of just grabbing things off of my plate. Now, those of you who know me, <laughs> I don't play around with food. I don't play around when it comes to eating. I don't bother your plate. You don't bother mine, and we're good. And that goes for anybody. That goes for my own children. If you ask for something, I would give you everything on that plate if you want it, if you need it. If you want my last french fries, I might hesitate a little bit, but I will give it to you. If you ask, do not, I mean, do not come 
grabbing stuff off of my plate. And she had a bad habit of doing that. And I tried to correct her nicely. No, don't do that, sweetie. Don't do that. You need to ask. And she thought it was a game. Then she got sassy with me. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not going to I'm not going to wait till she's 15 and try to knock this down. I'm not, you know, if I don't knock it down now, she's going to be 35 and married and coming over to my house eating off my plate. <laughs> I ain't having that. That's not that's not an ideal situation for me. So I had to put some bass in my voice to get her attention. She froze up. Can you imagine? Dad is finally putting some bass in his voice and being stern with his little precious daughter. She didn't like that. She did not like it. I didn't want to do it either, but I knew I had to. I knew I had to. And I was stern with her. I explained why I didn't like it. And I explained to her her options. She said she understood. Okay, things were cool. She did it one last time. I was stern with her again. And I told her, do not ever ask me for anything. If this is how you're going to be. She understood. And guess what? It took two times. She knows to ask. Now she just waits and she's an opportunist. She'll see me put a plate full of chips on my plate and have a couple of sandwiches. And she's just looking at me with those big brown eyes, just waiting for me to sit down. Now she she waits till I sit down and she just looks at me. She don't even have to say anything anymore. We just have that that eye contact. She's just waiting for me to initiate that eye contact. And she knows. She knows. She walks up to me a little closely, taking a little inch, inching up to me, taking little steps to me. And I look at her. She looks at me. I look at her. She looks at me. Now it's a little stare down. And she says, Dad, can I? I don't even let her finish. Take your chips and go. And so she used to just grab one chip. She used to grab just one chip. And then she'd come back multiple times. I knocked that out, too. I said, babe, just, just grab what you need, okay? Grab what you need so we can make this a one-time thing. Maybe two at the most. And now we have a little agreement. But this is what I'm saying. You have to be willing to discipline. You have to be willing to stand in that fire. You have to be willing to do some things that you don't want to do. I don't know any parent who, who loves to get after their children. I don't love doing it, but I am not shy about it either. This is what was going on with the Israelites. During that time, God kept begging them, please just follow these rules. I don't know what else to do. I, I, I gave you guys the game. I gave you guys. I've shown myself to you guys thousands of times over. You know what I say is truth. You know that I, what I say I'm going to do. You know that I've never let you down. You know I've always been here. But yet, they kept running away. Running away. There's parts in the Bible, I think it was in the third chapter, they they blatantly say, you know what, this following you, God, is kind of burdensome, man. I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. 
I don't think I want to do this anymore. This ain't really what I'm built up to do. They flat out question them. This is what we're saying, or this is what we're seeing right now in this world. We're seeing a bunch of hardened hearts. That's why at your workplace, you have all the, the chaos and dissension. I mean, it it, it baffles me. And I'm going to be point blank. I'm going to be point blank right now. Adults are the biggest hypocrites on earth. Adults with power are two times over, three times over the hypocrites. It's, 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 it's amazing. We teach kids not to be in groups, not to gossip in their little games, not to click up. But what do the adults do every minute that they get clicking up, having side pocket conversations, uh, you know, trying to develop a coup to take over. You know, you got adults trying to do all these things. They tell they tell children to apologize and right their wrong. Adults, they fight like crazy not to apologize. They don't wanna they don't wanna apologize for anything because they're never wrong. And if they are wrong, they try to twist it up and make it seem like, well, I was wrong first, so you need to apologize to me. I'm not gonna apologize. They don't understand the concept of an apology. They don't understand any of that. Then we tell them, we tell kids, you need to forgive. And we have no clue or no desire to even forgive. We don't even know how to even begin to forgive. It's ridiculous. Adults are the biggest hypocrites. We see it every day. Hey, you shouldn't be talking about this group of people right here. That's gossiping. They do it. Hey, guys, don't tell secrets. But the adult has told 25 secrets in the first 20 minutes of their shift. <laughs> Adults are the biggest hypocrites and liars and deceivers on the planet. On the planet. And yet, the people with the hardened hearts are always in some position where they have the greatest influence. And for some reason, they've got it so twisted. They think that they're teaching the future. They think that they're teaching the future on how to be so educated and so nice and, and things of this nature to be a good citizen, you know, and obey everything, all the orders. Um, just, you know, be robots. That's what they want. That's what they're teaching. And they think they're teaching such a good thing. But it's wrong and then have the nerve, have the nerve that when things go awry in their own household, when things don't go quite right with their own children, when things are a little ruffled in their household, when 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 things aren't going right at their at their job, they have the nerve to blame someone else for it. Well, if it wasn't for you. Then I wouldn't be in this position. If it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. If it wasn't for you, my son wouldn't be on probation right now. 
It's never about what they didn't do, how they were negligent. It's never about what they could have done or should have done. It's always about how someone else wronged them. It's not about their hardened hearts because, you know what, nothing has to change within them. That's what the Israelites were talking about. That's what they were doing. How dare you call us out, God, on cheating you with our sacrifices? How dare you call us out on running away from you and worshiping other, other idols, worshiping other gods? How dare you call us out? It, we're not the problem. You're the problem. That's what they were saying. It's the same thing that we're seeing now. We have a heart problem. This is a heart problem. And we. this is something that even a heart transplant or heart surgery cannot fix. It cannot fix. Even if you put in a brand new heart. Put someone under the knife and gave them a brand new heart. That ugliness that they have in their spirit is going to corrupt it. And it doesn't even matter. Because that will not change the heart. Good deeds will not change the heart. Money will not change the heart. Surgery will not change the heart. A whole transplant will not change the heart. Kind words, a fuzzy feeling will not change your heart. What is in you is going to come out. If you have evil and nastiness in you and all this sin running your life, you will be a person with a hardened heart. That's a fact. And that only changes when you humble yourself and you allow yourself to look in the mirror and when a freshwater warrior works with you just to open up that crease, just to open up a crease, just to chisel off a millimeter a millimeter of that stone to create an opening for God to come in and do his work. Then that becomes a heart transformation from the inside out. It's it, God deals with the things that we cannot see. That is why that's the only way the heart can change. That's the only way that happens. I wanted to drive that home. There's no good deeds. You can go out here and do everything nice to people. You can only, you know, you could you could give money, you could do spend your time, you can say all these nice things to people, compliment them. You can give to the needy, you can volunteer at all these different places. You can do all of these things. But if your heart is filled with nothing but ugliness, and I'm talking about the gossiping, the envy, the jealousy, the hatred, the lack of forgiveness. If your heart is filled with those things, there's no good deeds, no amount of good deeds that's going to change what's in you. What's in you is going to come out. That is why the further away the people of Israel strayed from God, their hearts became so ugly, so ugly, so nasty, so evil, so hardened. 
It changes your whole personality. It changes your whole outlook on everything. It, 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 a hardened heart is a hopeless heart. You have nothing but angry thoughts, hopeless thoughts. You have, you're plotting and scheming. You don't want to show love to anyone. Anything that makes you feel good, you want to destroy that. You're always thinking about how you're so wrong. I mean, you're so wronged, I should say. And never look in the mirror. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you how it is and I'm telling you what it is. I just wanted to drive home the fact that we are dealing with hardened hearts and there is no way that they change unless we remain involved in the lives of the uh, of the ones with the hardened hearts. That's what we are supposed to be doing as a freshwater warrior. You see, if we if we start to stray from the path, <laughs> look what happened with the priest. They started straying from the path and they even straight up said to to the people. And to God, you know what? This, I don't. I don't think I even want to follow these rules. God has so many rules to follow. I don't think I, I even care to do this. I, I I like the power that I've gotten on Earth here from showing favor to some of these high high officials. That seems more appealing to me with the money that I've gotten from the bribes and and things like that and turning a blind eye. I have more power, and I, I like that. That's more fulfilling. That's more fulfilling than bringing people to God and, and leading them in the right path. It got to the point where they were intentionally just saying, you know what, you can do whatever you want. It's That's just a little sin. Uh, you're fine. It's not that big a deal. A priest. A hardened heart can affect anyone. Anyone. No one is exempt. That's why you have to stay protected. That's why you have to stay in the word. That's why you have to stay moving forward. That's why you have to stay focused on your path. On your path, you're going to have a lot of people on the outskirts giving you, uh, giving you feedback, saying mean things, trying to distract you, trying to pull you away from what you're trying to do, trying to steer you away so they will feel good about themselves because now they don't have to look in the mirror. They don't want to see you. Make it to the end goal. And believe it or not, a lot of these people are going to be your family members. Some of these people are going to be your closest friends that you thought would never leave you, that you thought would never lead you astray. Some of these people are going to be your, your end quote, allies at work. Not realizing that they will turn on you in a heartbeat. Not realizing that they just wanted to get close to you because they wanted to hear your ideas and they didn't really want to get to know you. They just wanted to see where you're at. They just needed the information so they knew how to play the game with you, how to lead you astray. Things like that happen. It happens. I'm not lying to you. You guys have seen it. You guys have probably been through it more than anybody. How many situations as a freshwater warrior have you been in where you felt betrayed, where you felt like I should have never 
done this. I, I should have never trusted this person. I should have seen this coming. How did I not see this? Why did I fall for this same trick? How many men have been in relationships where they ended up feeling used? They realized that they were getting used and now you have to pick up the pieces. How many women have been in relationships where they were just used and they thought it was love? They thought that their their partner really cared for them. Men and women are always in these types of relationships. And it's because we see things. If we started seeing things and calling things out as if we were children, we would be in a lot better place. And I mean that because children see what they see. They don't make excuses. They see what they see. They feel what they feel. They know what they know. And if someone is being mean to them, they that's what they see it as. They don't make excuses. Well, you know... So-and-so's had just a bad week and, and maybe that's not really like them. No, they don't make excuses. Oh, they'll just get it together. No, you're being mean to me right now and I don't like it. That's what kids see, see and that's what they say. Kids know when someone's not on the up and up with them. When, when people are just talk. That's another way that adults are hypocrites. We sit there and try to act like we're allies with these children. All we're trying to do is get information so we can gossip about them. Tell me you haven't seen that happen before. It happens so many times and it infuriates me every time. If we look through the lens of a child... we would be better decision makers. We would see what we see and we would accept it as such. You know, think about as a child when you were growing up. Think about this. When you chose your friends, did you choose them because of how much money they had? Did you choose your friends as a child by what they wore? Did you choose them because of how they looked? Nine times out of ten, you probably didn't choose them based off of those things. You chose your friends because they were there. They were with you. You guys trusted each other. Sometimes it was just to the point where you needed an extra person to play three-on-three basketball, and that, that friend was there. You weren't friends in the beginning, but you know what? He was there. She was there. And they said yes. You guys asked. And they said yes. And from there, a relationship and a bond was created. See, now as adults, if we need someone on our team, and we're one person short, short, we wouldn't even go ask anybody. We look around the room, see that one person is left and they should be in our group. And we look around and scan and look at the person who's left and say, ah, no, they look kind of weird. Ah, their clothes look kind of tad. Hair's a little greasy. I don't think they look very smart. 
I don't think they're going to be able to, to contribute to our team. We we'll just we're better off with just three of us, even though we're supposed to have four. We'll figure it out. Maybe someone else can have five. That's what we do. That's what we do. And with each moment like that, our hearts become even more hard. A, a, a barrier is being created over our hearts. A solid rock starts out then. And then you're faced with another situation. You're talking to someone. And you're gossiping. They, they confide in you. They confide in you. Tell them what's going on in their life and they just needed someone to talk to you and they felt like they could trust you. They told you openly, hey, I trust you. I just need to get this off my chest. And you sit there and you listen. You act like you care. And then the first thing you do when the person leaves is you go run and tell everybody and you laugh at the situation and you say how you would never be in that situation and it's foolish. And oh my gosh, you see it all the time. And guess what? Your heart starts to harden even more. Another layer. There's another layer that you got to chisel through. The first couple of layers, you're still all right. You could get through there fairly easy. But just think day after day after day after day, you're doing the same thing. Just spreading nothing but evil and nastiness wherever you go. And then you try to make up for it and say, well, I did this good thing. Well, I care about these people and I, I didn't do anything this uh, today, you know, like that. And I know people that are doing worse. It's not my problem. It's their problem. It's everybody else. Well, you know, the leadership, they need to fix it. Listen, I don't care. If you combine all the greatest leaders in history. They're not going to fix. Your heart and heart. And if you think that leadership can do that, if you think that there's anybody on this earth that can do that, then you're wrong. You're wrong. And if you think it starts with everybody else and not you, you're dead wrong. Because first, what does one have to do to soften up their heart? They must humble themselves. I can't do it for you. No other freshwater warrior can do it for you. No leader, no president, no emperor, no king, no queen. No, no one can do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife cannot do it for you. Not even your pastor can't do it for you. It, it reminds me of, it's one of those things that when I, when I coach, when I get introduced to a new football team or I get introduced to a new client, one of the first things I always say is, listen, I will do anything for you. I will go the extra mile. I will be here for you. I have no problem doing that. But, but, when I start caring about your life more than you do, that's a problem. I cannot coach effort. I, I can't do it. It's impossible for me to coach effort. I can coach a skill set and I can try to push you, but I can't coach effort though. You have to put in that work. 
It's just like humbling yourself. You have to put in that work. I can't. If it was as easy as me taking a stick and knocking you down at the knees and then you're bowing it down and, and it works that way, I would, believe me, I would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat for anyone. But it doesn't work like that. You have to find it in yourself to humble yourself. You have to take that step to look in the mirror. You have to say, you know what? Something is wrong and I don't like it. I don't, I don't like what I've been doing. I don't like this life that I've been living. I don't like this cloud that's been over me. I don't like this cloud of darkness that's been over me. I don't like this, this sinful nature that's in me. I need a change. I don't like feeling like I, I, I can't stand being around people. I can't stand happiness. I can't take it anymore that I love living in chaos. I can't take it anymore because it's impacting not just my work environment. It's impacting my life at home. It's impacting my kids. My friends don't want to be around me because... All they, all we do is gossip and talk bad about other people. And here's the thing that they started to realize. They started to realize that if I talk bad about everybody else, eventually I'm going to talk bad about them. And look, I have no one. I am all alone right now. And something needs to change. It's at that moment where you have a, you still have an option. You can feel all of that. And you can know in your heart things need to change. You start to cry out. You're crying and you you just feel defeated. And you need a glimmer of hope. And you see the mirror right there. You have an option still to look in that mirror or to look away. And it's only when you have the courage to look in that mirror and say, I cannot do this on my own. I am not who I want to be. I need help. And I need someone that's greater than me. I need someone who doesn't mess up. I need someone who's always going to be there. I need someone who's always going to love me. I need someone who is is always available. Who always hears when I cry out. I need someone greater than me. I need To feel the transformation that God has in store for me. And I'm only going to feel that when I humble myself. I'm telling you, this is what we're facing, guys. I know it's a little late, but I want to apologize for the audio because... I'm not near my equipment and I'm just doing this old school. I just turned on the phone and recorded. All right. So I know the audio is a little different, but I wanted to get this message out and I wanted to get it out tonight. I'm just putting it out there raw. I'm not editing anything. I'm just going to put it up there and we're rolling. We're rolling with it. All right. So the message is when you look around you, and you're frustrated when you feel all alone because as a freshwater warrior no one's you feel like no one's walking that path with you at home everybody's against you it feels like at work everybody's always plotting and scheming and they're against you at church you feel like you feel the same tension and chaos 
Just know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it, they may not see it now. A lot of people may not see it now. They won't see it. And you can say whatever you want. They won't see it. But you stay the course. You stay the course. You, nothing needs to be said. You just keep doing what you're doing. You continue to be the freshwater that heals in a salty environment. Because sooner or later, sooner or later, something's going to happen in their life. Something is going to give them a big time reality check. And that crease is going to open up. And they still, even then, have a decision to make. Because it's not guaranteed. They may not take that opportunity to look in the mirror. But at least you know that you did your part. And that's what happens. You know, we... I remember when I first started working in social work, I was working in a treatment center and I I've, I spoke on this, but I, I, I thought that I was going to save everybody. I thought that my words were going to be so awesome that everybody was going to be motivated. Now, mind you, I had no clue <laughs> the stronghold of addiction at that time. I was green. I was naive. I thought it was like football. You know, the, the, the more you, will you had, you would usually come out victorious and on top, but that's that's not how addiction works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it takes a lot more than that. Um, but I used to get so down on myself. I, I looked at myself as a failure when I knew that someone relapsed and I had worked with them personally. I looked at myself um, as a loser at times because... I should have said this or I could have said that. Maybe I said this wrong and maybe I pushed them to uh, relapsing. But I got to the point, you know, you do this for so long. Hopefully you learn, right? I've done this for two decades now working with people. And you just take what you learn and your perspective changes as you get older and you become wiser and the, you start to see things differently in the world. And I just started looking at this as I'm not giving advice. I try hard not to give advice. All right. I don't want to give advice. I am providing a perspective for you. So on one end, decision A could look like this. Decision B could look like this. Sometimes there's a decision C, but A and B could look like this. C could look like this, but you don't have to worry about that quite yet. And now it's a matter of what is their goal and what can they live with? What do they desire in their life? And if I know that I, I created a genuine, authentic relationship with them, that I told the truth, that I didn't lead them astray. I can live with that. I can live with that. Because I know, I know that with us working together, they have picked up some tools to add to their tool belt. And they may not use them right away. They may not use them for years, but I know that something's going to happen in their life where they might need to fall back on them and they're going to look back and say, I remember that time working with Mike Brown and 
I remember learning this and I can use this tool. You guys are doing that all the time as well. Just setting the foundation, planting that seed. Planting that seed so when the time comes, they know how to get out of things. They have something to fall back on. It's the same thing when you are talking about the Bible, when you're talking about God with people. You're planting that seed. You're, you're talking about scriptures. You're showing them the, the scriptures. You're showing them the books of the Bible. You're showing them where their location is. You're showing them where you found these scriptures. You're showing them what, what it means. You're doing all of these things. And a lot of people get hung up on, well, you know what? I, I spent eight months with this person and they never got baptized and never got saved. Whatever. That, they, that was a failure. No. No. What you did in those eight months was you showed them that they have something to fall back on. They may not use it now because they still might have a lot of a lot of rocks, a lot of a lot of hardened places on their heart that needs to be chiseled out. But I bet you in, in month twelve, when things go a little different for them and things get a little tighter for them, they'll be able to open up that Bible and find some scriptures and lean on something. Why? Because you took the time to plant that seed. See, now they have a way out. They didn't have a way out before you took the time to plant that seed. But now they have a way out. And that's what it is working with anybody. Whenever you work with someone, we are giving them tools in their tool belt so they can have a way out for when that time comes. Maybe they won't apply it right away. And we cannot get mad if they choose not to apply it right away. I learned my lesson with that. Working with families, going in their homes and seeing what's going wrong and, and, and mapping out how to change it and how to make their home run e efficiently. Doing all that work for months and months and months for them not to utilize any of it and then go to court and get blamed. Well, I worked with Mike for this month for these months and my, my son, he's still on probation. He went out there and he, he robbed a liquor store and it's because of Mike's negligence. He didn't teach us anything. Now I had to look in court. I had to look at them in court as they said those things. Now I had a decision to make. Am I gonna take it personal or am I just gonna present my information and go from there? If it was if it was when I was twenty Oh, yeah, I'm taking that personal. Might even get my feelings hurt to the point where it makes me want to just break down and cry. Because I know that's not my heart to, to send anybody down the path of, of damnation. That's not it. But I would sit in court. I would have my information. The judge would give me a time to speak. Sometimes I didn't even have to speak. Because the judges at that time knew who I was. They knew how I operated. They knew that my paperwork was always on point. They knew all of these things. They knew my heart. And you don't know how many times I've ran into different families and they apologized. And they were just frustrated. They were frustrated with their kid but didn't want to tear down their kid. So who was next in line to get to get the brunt of it. It was me. Of course, I get it. 
I get it. I had an option to say, I told you so. But that what, what do I gain with saying that? There's nothing to gain with that. You guys, we are planting the seed. Planting the seed. And that is what we're doing. We're planting the seed so people have a way out when that time comes. Because when they met you, they didn't have a way out. They didn't even know there was a way out. They didn't think it was possible to have a way out. They thought nothing existed. It it was non-existent for them. But now, when they leave you, they have a way out. And that's how we have to look at it. We're just giving people a way out. And if we can chisel away at that rock around our heart and create an opening and we get to see that transformation, man, that is a blessing in itself. That is a big time blessing. That is one of the most awesome experiences. One of the most awesome things that you could ever be a part of. And you could say, I did my part and I did my part. Not for my glory. I didn't do it for anybody else's glory. I did it for God because this is the path that he led me on. And you know what? I look back. I was obedient. It was tough. And I know that I had nothing to do with this. I just relied on him. And what a beautiful thing. With that being said, to all you freshwater warriors... The heart is a is a tricky vessel. It's a deceitful vessel. My brother Nate has said it on his podcast, Living Parables, many a times. And it's the truth. It's the truth. But when you put your heart in the hands of God, you have a chance. <laughs> you know, you have a chance. So you don't have a chance. The further you run away from God, you don't have a chance. It's a losing battle. But people think that they can fight it. People think that there's a different way. People think they're going to outsmart God. People think they're just going to trick him, do whatever. But it doesn't work that way. The further away they go, the more miserable they are. And then it just starts a vicious cycle. I don't want any of you freshwater warriors or anyone at that matter to fall into that trap. It's a terrible place to be. And a lot of us have been there before. A lot of us have been there before. We understand what it means to be buried alive, basically. Climbing out of your own grave with no tools. We know how that feels. So since we, since a lot of us know how that is and know how that feels, we have to keep that in mind when we're working with other people. So I hope you guys have a, 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 a little, a deeper understanding of what was truly going on in Malachi and what is going on now. See, this is how it's so relevant. We look at it as, That was going on then. It's not going on now. That was in the past. No, this is going on now at this very moment. We're seeing it play out before us. It's unfortunate. 
It's frustrating, frustrating and un unfortunate, but we have a way out. So with that being said, to all you freshwater warriors, once again, I love you guys. I really do. I encourage you guys to, to continue to be the freshwater that heals in a salty environment. And I say that and I mean it. I don't say it just because it's a cool slogan. I say it because it is so tough. When you think about how amazing that is, the fresh water going into, pouring out into the Dead Sea and wherever it touches, whatever that fresh water touches, there's life. Life can be present wherever the fresh water is. Outside of the barrier of the fresh water, even an inch, it, it's death. Isn't that awesome to think that you are that fresh water? Everything you touch, everything you touch, you can bring it to life. Why? Because you are a vessel that God is using to help bring people to him. That's a beautiful thing. Well... I've said a mouthful, but we will be continuing on with this conversation. We got some cool things coming out um, this in the upcoming weeks. In the next few weeks, we will be rounding out the third season of the Sight Beyond Sight podcast. I can't believe that. And then we're gonna jump right into the fourth season. I have something planned for the for the men. In the fourth season, I'm telling you, we're going to open up with a bang. I've been working on this series for quite some time, and it's going to be for the men. And I'm telling you, I had to postpone it a little bit because it wasn't quite ready, and I didn't want to rush it. So I'm going to save it for the fourth season. I'm telling you, men, get ready. This thing is going to be powerful, and you guys are going to, by the time the series is over, you're going to know exactly where you stand and who you are as a man, and you're going to know that you, why you were built the way you were built and you will know exactly who you are so you'll never have to question who you are and that's awesome and you'll probably hopefully you'll leave with a couple of uh different ideas and different perspectives on on what it is to be a man and what we're, what we're expected to be uh to do and all these different things all these things i mean i'm i'm so excited i can't even talk right now because i wasn't going to even say anything but i can't <laughs> I cannot hide my excitement for this. So for the men, it's going to be awesome. Women, don't be discouraged. I got something planned for you guys also with this men series. You guys should listen up too because most of you want to find, a, 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 you know, as you guys say, a soulmate. This will clarify what you're looking for. This will hopefully bring some clarity to what you're looking for. Because a lot of times when I ask, hey, what is it that you want in a man? What is it that you're thinking? Well, I don't know. That's usually the first answer I get. And then we dive deeper and then it's talking in circles, talking in circles. And it, we come to the conclusion. You know what? I really don't know what I want. I thought I knew what I wanted. So this will bring some clarity. This will bring some clarity to you as well. So don't get discouraged and think that you don't, you can't listen. No, everybody can listen. Everybody's going to learn because Later on in the fourth season, I got something planned for the women. I got some powerful things that I'm lining up for you guys. It's going to be awesome. So with that being said, for the last time, I'm going to close this up. All right. 
Remember that we are in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment.